Hello! This episode of Watch Out for Fireballs is brought to you by Abe, who sponsored it, of course, but also by all our patrons at patreon.com slash duckfeedtv. Patrons such as Handpan, Malaki, Daniel Hadley, Matt Kaiser, and Robert Fenner. Thanks, folks. We really appreciate you. If you would like to support us, head on over to patreon.com slash duckfeedtv. My name is Cole Ross. And you're listening to Watch Out for Fireballs. It is a Games Club podcast. And this week we're talking about Heretic, which is a two and a half D first person shooter developed by Raven Software and published by id Software for the PC in 1994. Yeah. Uh, and this episode, episode was executive produced by Abe. Thank you, Thank Abe. you, Abe. Yeah. We're going to be a little stumbly. We haven't recorded for a little bit. This is after <laughs> our vacation. Yes. So for you, only a week has passed between the Edith Finch episode and this. Mm-hmm. But for us, an eternity. Yeah, a week and a half. Passed. Yes. <laughs> um, which uh, of not being on mic, generally. True. So it, it's uh, yeah. it, it feels very different. I forgot my manners. Yeah, this is the first recording session of the new year. Yeah. So uh, no manners, uh, <laughs> you clod. How much money do you make and what is your religion? Do you like abortion or do you think it rots? Claude. <laughs> we both know these things about each other. I know. I was just trying to think of manners. I even forgot what that means. Uh, this is, you know, this game a uh, little bit. This is, uh, you know, medieval. This is D and D doom. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a medieval fantasy uh, version of doom. It's, it's a fantasy setting. So taken over by three evil beings called the serpent riders. Yeah. Uh, uh, and this first entry you're going after uh, while well, you're playing as Corvus. Uh, yep. You're one of these she elves. Uh, S-I-D-H-E, uh, Gaelic word, I believe. Uh, and you're going on the warpath against one of the Serpent Riders, the weakest of them, Desperil, uh, who destroyed yes. your homeland. Yes. Uh, this uh, first kind of base game takes place over three episodes as you kind of make your way through the ruins of your hometown. And you go to hell because it's a 1994 shooter. And then uh, Desperil's domain. Um <laughs> There is, there's more to the story where you fight the other Serpent Riders. That happens in the extra episodes and then uh, Hexen and Hexen mm-hmm. 2, Heretic 2, all that stuff. We're not covering that today. No. Uh, just doing base Heretic, mm-hmm. um, which is uh, built on the Doom engine. So it'll feel very familiar to that with some uh, kind of important upgrades. Yeah. Do we need to describe Doom? You run around real, real quickly. Uh, you yes. shoot at a lot of enemies. Uh, you're waving through slow motion projectile shots. Uh, and also uh, managing your own slow motion projectile shots. That's like the the, the secret of the early Doom kind of deal. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and this one, that's it's worth, I'm sure you have a note of this later, but it's worth talking about here. One of the big differences of this is that the enemies uh, all have projectile, slow-moving projectile shots. Mm-hmm. Uh, compared to Doom, where some enemies have hit scan, so you'd have uh, one of those commander guys you know, just snipe you across the map with <laughs> a machine gun. Uh, that doesn't happen here. 
No. And it's an immediate, uh, my, my thesis for this episode is that like, you know, doom is doom and has better music and has better weapons. I think there are, there are several ways in which this is better than doom. Uh, it, which breaks my heart because I love doom. Um, <laughs> but but dude, one of the ways is that you can always dodge stuff. Yeah. Like it's way more arcadey because there's no hit scan. Yeah. Um, Th- this, this is a tricky game to talk about. And I do not envy, uh, uh, you know, Raven or id trying to market this. Because mm. the inevitable ba- backlash is what you're going to get, which is this looks and feels an awful lot like Doom. That said, I mean, there is just so much uh, just kind of like playing around on the margins and adding in these additional systems that do make this an appreciably different game. Well, it's also at the time, I don't think they had to worry about that because this looks like Doom was a huge selling point. Yeah. In 94. Like that's a that's a history thing. Like this mm-hmm. is uh, I played this before the break because I didn't want to work during my break. And uh, so I was looking today, I was refreshing myself with YouTubes and I was looking through the the TV tropes about it. And the TV tropes, uh, the person who wrote it, uh, I know that's not a source. Like mm-hmm. I'm not like you know, exposing <laughs> some kind of big thing, but it doesn't seem like they played it. Like there, there's a lot of the mm-hmm. words seem like it seems to be this. It seems to be this. Yeah. Uh, and it's like, well, it kind of is, but there's a lot more to it. It, mm-hmm. it does uh, justify itself. Yeah. Uh, out of the shadow of doom, I think, if you actually spend some time with it and take it on its own terms. Yeah. Um, I think you know, I'm be- a, a few few real key kind of ways, even though it's undis- undeniably like a doom clone, like feels like doom. Yeah. You know, but there are I, differences. I, yeah, I guess I'm, I'm basing that initial reckon uh, and, you know, like, oh, yeah, this this would be tough to, to you know, tough to uh, sell to a certain degree just because just based on the um, review snippets that I have seen from the time, you know, mm, like yeah. this, this is hitting around the time that like Doom clone is becoming a pejorative, right? Yeah. yeah. The, the critics were getting sick of it. Yeah. But I do think that, you know, in terms of like the single biggest differences in this. One of the biggest is the enemies not having hit scan weapons. Yeah, nobody having hit scan weapons except for you with your your shit ass you know your weak, weak <laughs> your weapons. Wand, yeah, your little tiny baby wand uh, is a, a game changer, and it's mm-hmm. how Doom should have been. Absolutely, uh, even though it would have been silly for to fire shotgun bullets that's slowly like on the screen, but like yeah, projectiles are so much better than hit scan weapons. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, also similar to doom, you know, level structure, you have these levels that are built around colored keys and gates, uh, kind of unlocking new areas. Uh, you're searching for those, uh, for the hidden keys and then ultimately the, uh, the, 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 the places to use them, uh, that is, uh, consistent throughout. Like there's like yep. one level that only has two keys later on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? What a breather. Yeah. Uh, even this, like, you know, we'll t- like when it goes into kind of how this is level design differently, mm-hmm. even that I think plays a little bit better. Yeah. I think these spaces emulate uh like a dungeon mm-hmm. a lot better than than Doom's like sci-fi corridors. And there's a lot more thought put into like it's more like you explore a spoke and mm-hmm. then get a key at the end of the spoke, which brings you into another spoke. I mean, this is kind of Raven's thing, right? And I've never played any of the... This is the earliest Raven game that I've played. Um, mm-hmm. You know, but I associate them with really knowing what they're doing with a level editor. Uh, and it is kind of neat to come back to something this early from them that uh, that, that bears that out. Yeah. it's. I mean, it's not perfect or anything. Mm-hmm. But compare with Doom, where it oftentimes felt like a maze. Like, I was looking at these levels uh, from the top down. Mm-hmm. Like, through the, the maze, you know, looking up the map when you're playing and then looking them up online and they just look like D and D dungeons mm-hmm. almost exactly. Like if you, if you were playing an old school D and D campaign, you could do way worse than just to lift these layouts. Mm-hmm. 
because they, they look exactly like shit in, in Dungeon Magazine. Yeah. Uh, to me, they end up making kind of more sense than the Doom levels do. Um, you are encouraged to explore these, not just to get those keys. Uh, you're trying to find secret areas, um, weapons, and power ups that are giving you an advantage. Um, and you can find them early, similar to Doom. So, mm-hmm. like, if you find a secret door, you can grab the chainsaw in level one rather than the mandatory chainsaw equivalent in, mm-hmm. uh, in level three. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's funny because we're going to be using Doom names uh, for these. It's really hard not to. Yeah, yeah. because the weapons are pr- pretty much straight lifts, except reskinned, yep. right? Uh, and theming does matter, but uh, sometimes it's just easier to describe, you know, <laughs> the weapon in this as a shotgun because it behaves more like a shotgun than a crossbow, right? It, it be, it's got nothing to do with a crossbow. Nope. The, the, uh, and crossbows already had like a video game semiotic kind of yeah. value to it. And this just throws out the window. It, them just lifting the, the doom weapons is one of the, the downsides to this, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, cause they're, they're, they're the doom weapons, but they're not as good. Like the weapons in this are good, but they're not as fun to use as the doom weapons. They don't sound mm-hmm. as good. Yeah. You know, they're not as flashy, um, as that. Uh, there's also, I really do like the one unique weapon to this though. The, the fire mace that shoots. <laughs> pinballs do, do, like do rapid you know the, fire pinballs do you know the story about that uh it was originally meant to be in uh doom yeah that, that, know, that is yeah. that is how the bfg was supposed to work but for mm-hmm. um uh, oh gosh technical limitations yeah yep uh and then they're like we can't we can't handle spheres <laughs> uh, <laughs> on this uh on this system uh that that weapon is super fun yeah um but yeah generally they're they're just doom weapons mm-hmm. um the enemies uh also generally have an uh an analog to doom enemies mm-hmm. uh again not exactly but generally um you know uh, there's a lot more of like melee enemies in this yeah than there are in doom you, you get to hell and it's just like hey it's an imp except not as pink yep. yeah yeah there he is he's our buddy <laughs> um a lot of the enemies there is uh damage types in this uh for both you and the enemy um there are physical and magic uh weapons and uh, there are enemies that will appear in ghost versions. Uh, if they're ghost versions, only magical weapons can hurt them. And then you can also turn yourself into a ghost, which gives you that advantage, but also makes you invisible, mm-hmm. which instead of making the enemies ignore you, makes them fire wildly, uh-huh. uh, which is so funny. They just lose their mind and just start shooting in random directions, hoping you'll be there. And they're I- right. Yeah. It, it, it's a horrible power up. <laughs> it's <laughs> really bad. Uh, yeah. the, the second I, di- I discovered that, it's not like, oh, it's not that they don't detect you. It's just that they're going to become way less predictable with the way that mm-hmm. they fire. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's got nothing to do with invisibility. Yeah. Uh, it's just, uh, but, you know, it, that is that weird damage type system, which is mm-hmm. strangely ambitious in this. In practice, like what it, for me at least, what it meant was I'd be playing, I'd be like, why is this not working? Oh shit! It's that thing, mm-hmm. and then we we'll just switch weapons. It wasn't something I, I consciously thought about or strategized. Yeah, with which would have been you know the ideal, like that's what they want. It's more of like a neat little, you know, ambitious little nugget. Than it's, anything else? I it's think. also the case that like four fifths of your weapon are energy type and thus work against spectral. Yeah, kind of, kind of work against everything. If something's physical, they're not immune to spectral. It's yeah. not Ikaruga. Right, you know, it's uh, an energy bolt will still kill a, a golem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so the the big system here, uh, we kind of alluded to this a little bit. Like when you run over the thing that gives you invisibility, it doesn't just activate like the similar power up in, in Doomwood. There is an inventory system, and this is such a game changer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's you... the use your consumables. Oh my FPS. gosh! Yeah. 
like it's balanced as such. Like all, all games are better when you use the stuff that's in them. Mm-hmm. Again, that's a player side, but it's also design side. Like if you're making a game, that's going to have power ups. You should make the game better if you use them like mm-hmm. more fun and, and kind of demand it uh, here. They do that. Um, you are going to constantly find little doodads, um, health pickups you can bank for later, uh, torches to make, you know, light up dark areas, bombs you can leave behind yourself, um, invincibility, invisibility. You get an egg that turns enemies into chickens. <laughs> uh, so you can kind of tap them, you know, they, they die really quickly. Yeah. Um, and you can hold on to these. You can use them whenever you like. Yeah. Um, knowing when to use those adds an extra layer of strategy to the doom formula. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you want to use them specifically uh, the tome of power which is one of the canonical items corvus gets it's part of the lore like if you read in the later games um this is a book that powers up your weapons for a time yeah. and knowing when to use these and timing these out is a huge part of the game mm-hmm. um, yeah it's not just a power up it gives like an alternate fire it changes the ways that weapons behave right so you know your rocket launcher this rod of the phoenix when you use this it turns into probably the only efficacious flamethrower in video games yeah it's great <laughs> uh, i love the 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 fire mace powered mm-hmm. up thing where you just shoot one giant pinball <laughs> uh and it, it, it kind of sucks like if it hits a wall it dies but it will one shot anything yep. um if you manage to do it uh the second item which ties into the other really huge innovation in this is the wings of wrath uh don't have that much to do with wrath uh <laughs> these these are items that give you let you fly for a time yeah. um this can both be something you need to do for the mm-hmm. level um they can put uh, put them in positions where they're required uh they can also help you find secrets and stuff yeah. um this was really ambitious the uh you know flying in these kind of games would allow you to skip a lot of things um this ties into another part of the inventory system which is you losing things between levels mm-hmm. um you only get to keep one copy of everything yeah that you have and you can never keep uh the wings so again it being the use your consumables boomer shooter if you were leaving a level with 10 time bombs you fucked up Yes. Uh, you want to leave with one time bomb mm-hmm. at most. Yeah, because, you know, if you use those, you probably wouldn't have taken as much damage. You probably yes. would have found, you know, been able to explore more, et cetera, down the line. Like these are, I mean, with the exception of the invisibility, they make a pretty big difference. Uh, and also, once you understand that the wings of power don't carry over, wings of wrath, rather, um, then uh, you realize, oh, if they gave me a wings of wrath, they want me to use it in this level, possibly yeah. around where I found it. There's something to get either. Yeah. This is the critical path or I can go find something valuable. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's really, you can't really understate how much this adds. So that, that kind of, uh, balancing your ammo and health pickups versus your performance versus the, the damage you take in a level that's doom, right? Mm-hmm. Like you could make a math formula out of it. Adding these consumables add just another axis of complexity. Mm-hmm. to it uh you know there there are probably people like i i can still play doom like i think doom's really fun mm-hmm. um but there are probably people who get bored of it and think it is too simple yeah. um this is like an order of magnitude more complicated having to factor in these things mm-hmm. um it's neat yeah uh it's interesting to hear about how they did the flying um you know they just decided like well all right this is not actually rendered in 3d but you know because we're doing this ray tracing thing what if we just like we can we can fake this effect by moving the horizon line up and down mm-hmm. and then you're literally you're just getting the wings that control the world <laughs> yeah and to sink the ground uh like populous <laughs> wings yeah uh, yeah 
uh and that's in addition to this is the uh this is the doom engine game where they added the ability to look up and down you'll remember in mm-hmm. previous doom you know I, I believe in doom i don't think it's like this in doom 2 um but uh if an enemy was higher than you on the x on the z-axis rather um then the shot would just track upward and hit them you didn't actually have to like look up to hit it here it is like that in doom 2 as well i think quake is the first uh id first party game where that's not true yeah um so I played this just in full disclosure. I played this in GZ Doom uh, because I had to uh, mess with field of view and stuff to not get motion sick playing it. So mm-hmm. I had full mouse look. I cannot imagine trying to hit some of those uh, gargoyles that are flying around if I had to, you know, use a keyboard. You know, hit page up to look up stuff like that. It, page up is not a conveniently located key. No, uh, no. through the, any universe. I I did the same thing for this. Whereas when we did Doom Two, I played it with just keyboard. Mm-hmm. Like I, I went back into that mode that um, just automatically adjusting for the Z axis is a huge kindness. Yeah. Um, you know, and without that, like I really wanted mouse look, mm-hmm. um, you know, who knows if I, if I cheated the game and cheated myself or whatever, you know, things we want to leave behind in 2022, but mm-hmm. the, uh, that's how I did it as well. And I'd yeah. recommend playing it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, having, being able to look up, look down, um, have enemies come in above you, you know, again, it's another ax. It's literally another axis of complexity. Yeah. You know, it's, it's taking that doom thing, that doom formula and just adding very small changes that add new dimensions like that. Mm-hmm. Sometimes literally, or at least half Sometimes dimensions. Literally. No. <laughs> uh, the game ha- is rigorous. It's a, a tough game. Uh, you know, you have to use those consumables. Um, you want to be using every advantage you have. Yeah. Uh, you use cover in this game. Mm-hmm. Like you, you know, but duck around uh, corners and, and, and shoot guys as they're approaching you, you yeah. know, things like that. You funnel people and do bottlenecks. Mm-hmm. You are using strategy uh, as opposed to soak. No, yeah. um, you, you can do a lot of circle strafing, but one of the limitations of games of this era, you know, a lot of the encounter design is like, oops, all dudes. You know, here's a big plane <laughs> with guys walking back and forth angrily, you know, and you have to get, you have to, get to the other side of it. Like, oh, bad neighborhood. Like, there's, there's a I lot have, of that kind of. I have like, business to do. <laughs> there's a lot of grumpy golems uh, walking back and forth. And uh, so circle strafing can you end up getting you blindsided if you only yeah. do that. You need to be Some, a little bit more clever in your approach. Something that I found really contributed to the, dif- to the difficulty and happened here more than I remember happening in the Doom games that feels like it is more out of the D&D kind of playbook is there are a lot of traps, not just the crush traps that are there. Like those yes. are pretty easy to see, but like rooms themselves are designed so that after you pick something up or after you accomplish something or even after you move through them, uh, enemies will come out of panic panels on the wall or something will open up uh and then more of them are going to flood in not monster closets enemies that were already there that are going to that are introduced to you at unexpected times from unexpected angles and learning how to not die in this game entailed really kind of knowing how to read the space to understand where those fuckers might be hidden yeah yeah it's also and we talked about secret walls this is just a minor level design thing but i find that secret walls in this make more sense than they do in doom yeah uh, there were more of them that had a visual indicator as mm-hmm. to where they were. And you can see a continuation, you know, a, a continuum there because Wolfenstein 3D, it's literally just fucking random. Yeah. Like every once in a while, like, oh, I guess I'll hump this picture of Hitler mm-hmm. until I get a, a treasure room, you know, and, and, but every once in a while it would just be like this, this pic, this, this wall has got nothing to do with a picture of Hitler. Mm-hmm. I'm still humping it and I still got a treasure room, 
It's yeah. fucked up. And then Doom got a little bit better about that. Here, they use kind of lighting things. I found that a lot of times, if there was one panel of a wall that was in shadow mm-hmm. due to lighting, that would be the secret. Yeah. Um, you know, things like that. Like, it's not perfect. It doesn't do that consistently. Mm-hmm. But there are a lot fewer just, oh, I have to hump the right side of the maze, Yeah, you know, through the whole thing. And in Doom, every space is an interior space. You know, you're on a space station, you're on Mars, you know, there's not really, uh, you know, an outside and an inside in this, like a level might be an outdoor space and you are like actually going around structures, you know, cathedrals or guard buildings or whatever, like because the structures have a, have a defined inside and outside, you can tell when something doesn't line up like, oh, there's a void here where a space should be. You know, like that's probably as I'm looking at the bird's eye view of the map, that might be a place I want to go check out. Right. That notion of interior and exterior does help you read the space a lot better. Read the space and helps a lot with immersion and and feeling like these spaces are things like you go to a level that's called the cathedral and it does feel like it has a cathedral in it. Whereas Mm -hmm. I feel like Doom also just has a level called the cathedral (laughs) and it's just, you know, it's always Uh, (laughs) Doom 2 got further away from that. There were more experimental kind of abstract things like the, the city. Yeah. You, know, you go the, through that's all those little towers. The uh, Sandy Peterson stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of looks like a, one of those fake towns they make to train firefighters. <laughs> uh, this, town. This, you know what I'm talking about. You know? <laughs> I know what you're talking about. I know. <laughs> yeah. It'd be fun to run around one of those. Um, the uh, But yeah, it, it it does a lot less of that. Like, you know, they look like buildings. They look like what they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good shit. Uh, I I thought it was funny. So because this is Doom, they have to have the uh, the uh, gosh the insulting nicknames uh, for yes. uh, for difficulty. The lowest being Thou Needeth a Wet Nurse, and the highest being Black Plague Possesses Thee. I love Black. Uh, that difficulty setting is really interesting. I wanted to watch somebody do it because I had a hard time on uh, bring a bringest them oneth, <laughs> which is the the base difficulty. Uh, the Black Plague one. Uh, triples the speed of all projectiles. Wow. Uh, so there's still projectiles. You can still dodge because it's it's a Doom clone. You move a thousand miles per hour. Mm-hmm. Like you play as the Flash in any of these. Yeah. But uh, yours and the enemy's projectiles move so much faster mm-hmm. in that. Uh, so like you end up with those uh, skeleton warriors with the red axes that they throw and they basically one shot you. Yeah. Like it seems like a nightmare. I, I have no interest in playing on Black Plague difficulty. No, no. Yeah. Uh this the other one is Thou Art a Smite Meister, which I like a lot. Uh Smite Meister sounding like a seventies like made for TV kitchen gadget. <laughs> to me. Yeah, it's the it's the Smite Meister. Yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah. Um uh, you know this this looks you know it's it looks fine and sounds fine i wish the soundtrack was a little bit more earwormy it has very stiff competition to stand up to yeah. you know uh but it does sell the idea of dark fantasy doom pretty well uh it's it kind of sucks that this is an aesthetic that kind of went away it feels like mm. and we're only just barely getting back yes yeah i i like this visually a lot yeah like i like the way that the enemies look i like the their death animations Oh yeah, are almost all really, really good. Uh, mm-hmm. The end boss of episode three's death animation is great. Oh, legendary! This. Yeah, uh, like just really, really fun. And I like the soundtrack. I think that the biggest thing is it's not just copying metal songs. So like, mm-hmm. copying pop songs means you get pop hooks. Mm. You know, this is these are all original compositions. So like, I think they're very appropriate. Mm. You know, but yeah, I would agree that they're not super earwormy. Yeah. Um, um, and we talked about the level design. Is there anything else like aesthetically that we want to hit? 
Uh, probably not, you know, not aesthetically. Uh, th- there are some, you know, you've got the next point, you've got some pitfalls of the genre. Uh, and this kind of plays into um, those enemies, you know, aesthetically. Uh, I wish there were more of them. Mm-hmm. You know, like you're going to fight a lot of the same bread and butter yeah. enemies. Uh, I, th- I think that would be a big improvement. Yeah. Um, you're also, you know, getting keys and hitting switches and then kind of like it doesn't show you what the switch did. Yeah. You hear a, a non-directional sound mm-hmm. of something happening and then you have to kind of go check. Yeah. Um, this could, that could be a lot better. It really could. It's one of my least favorite things in games, which is all right, world state change. Now go check everything. Yep. Go, go see what happened. Yeah. Uh, it's a bummer. And, and it's not, again, it's not universally crappy in this. Nope. Like sometimes you hit a switch and you turn around and you see what changed, mm-hmm. you know, uh, but there are times where they're not very connected. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, let's, let's talk, talk about, about the development uh, of it. Raven. Yeah. 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 So Raven had impressed id. Um, with their debut game, this uh, dungeon crawler that looks pretty cool called Black Crypt. Uh, mm-hmm. That's on the Genesis, weirdly enough. Uh, continuing oh, Genesis being a, uh, you know, kind of secretly a PC uh, kind of deal. But like kind of like a like a real-time wizardry uh, kind of deal uh, going on. Yeah, it looks like Eye of the Beholder a lot. Yeah. If you, if you pull it up. Yeah. Um, and so it had kind of agreed to start working together with Raven loosely, uh, licensing the Wolfenstein 3D engine uh, for the next game, Shadowcaster, which does not look as cool as Black Crypt. No, Black Crypt <laughs> sounds great. Uh, so it asked uh, Raven to make this dark fantasy with the Doom engine. And uh, Raven initially started making a full RPG uh, before John Carmack came in and said, hey, just just do Doom. Um, <laughs> there's that. Uh, this is part of the Doom story as well. How there's mm-hmm. originally going to be RPG elements and a story, yeah. licensing based on their D and D campaign. They kept trying to make Doom as an RPG, mm-hmm. and it's like very fascinating to see their half measures. Yeah, you know, like this is this is not an RPG by any means. It is closer to an RPG than Doom is. Mm-hmm. You know, like they keep inching towards it as mm-hmm. as an ideal that they all were interested in mm-hmm. and just could not quite get there. Yeah. Then they made it for cell phones and then it was pulled from stores never to be seen and again. Then, yeah. And now it's on my my weirdly rare and valuable iPod <laughs> with the the all shooter version of Metal Gear 4 or the all uh, light gun version and the Silent Hill uh, <laughs> game that was released on iPods. <laughs> Uh, John Romero was more involved with this. Um, uh, he signed on to be uh, the executive producer and also brought over a bunch of a uh, bunch of equipment, you know, like next terminals and things like that, kind of showing the Raven team what to what to do with the Doom engine, right? Helping them navigate that. Yeah. Taking them under his wing. Uh, this had a shareware release with three fucking episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, God, I miss the generosity of that era. um that's all we're covering today is what you would have got for free in 1994 to to get you to want to buy the other episodes Mm -hmm. um the two episodes are included with any version of the game you can buy today Mm -hmm. um you know we we have access to them they're just not that different yeah um they're and they're also designed specifically as challenge things so they're like if you've mastered the first three episodes here you go and i have not mastered these episodes Right. Uh, I still find that, you know, parts of these pretty difficult. Um, mm-hmm. Like it's, it's still, it's fun throughout. It's not like to the degree that I'm too frustrated, but mm-hmm. I wasn't like hungering for more challenge. The, uh, the frustrating part is that there are no new enemies 
it seems yes. like it, it just kind of seems to be recombinate, re- recombining a lot of stuff. Additionally, you know, for as much story as there is here in these first three uh, kind of episodes, like there's very little, but it's there. Uh, the three episodes do have you eventually killing Despero, uh, and then you go to the ossuary, and then you go, you know, I yes. like to say the, the extra stuff, it really does feel, you know, kind of extraneous. The continuing adventures of Corvus. Which are really weird because that's what the the sequels to this did. Mm-hmm. Um, the actual like narrative, you know, the, this game, you know, when it came out well received, uh, people felt like it didn't do enough to differentiate itself from doom. I disagree. Uh, but then there are three sequels to this, um, Hexen and Hexen two, both of which, uh, the difference being as opposed to finding weapons that correlate to doom guns, you cast spells no. in those games and they're a little bit different. Uh, and then heretic two, which is a third person, uh, game. That's wild. Uh, like yeah. looking at footage of that, it's, it, it's, I mean, can you buy Heretic 2 now? Or no. is that, yeah. Heretic 2 is memory hold. Like you have to steal it. You have to Google yeah. it um, to get it. But it, it looks like a, like a small soldiers PS1 game or some shit. Like, <laughs> yeah. It doesn't, it's not very encouraging looking to me. No, um, I've never no. played, played Heretic 2. I have played Hexen uh, mm-hmm. and Hexen 2 and those games are good. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, so this team, you know, a large portion of the heretic team left Raven when it was acquired by Activision, you know, uh, heading for greener pastures in 1997, uh, they formed their own studios, uh, their own studio, uh, human head, uh, studios. They made the rune games, uh, and also they are the people who did the original prey, you know, mm-hmm. nothing to do with the 2017's prey, uh, uh, but a good game in its own right. And then, uh, they, they made the quiet man and that pretty much scuttled the studio it's real weird <laughs> it's very surprised they made the quiet man um this is such has a square enix stink to me do they square enix must have published that right? oh yeah square square enix yeah. absolutely published that yeah it's, yeah it's got it's got such square enix stench to it mm-hmm. um so human head uh was closed up in 2019 uh but you know people who worked on that team still have worked they founded uh roundhouse studios and they're currently working on something for xbox studios yeah. damn these suffixes <laughs> so many studios uh as for heretic itself uh it is in one of those classic uh no one lives forever kind of states uh where the development rights are owned by activision um but id owns the publishing rights uh if the activision merger activision microsoft merger had gone through um then uh, they would have been united again uh but mm-hmm. we are happy that that merger it seems to be completely in jeopardy so yeah yeah. Uh, if the merger had happened again, yes, maybe we would have gotten like a mobile idol game <laughs> that's themed around Heretic or some nonsense. Yeah. You know, but as is, we just get Id, who's just like, yeah, uh, mm-hmm. everything we've ever made, I don't know, six bucks <laughs> on Steam like once a year. <laughs> and you're like, all right, man, I'll own every Heretic and Hexing game for six bucks. Twist my, twist my arm, why don't you? Yeah. So we're going to get into it, and th- these levels are going to go quick, um, partly because they do go quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, similar to Doom, this has the made for speed running, um, you know, gives you your time at the end. Uh, if you know what you're doing, you can 
beat these no. levels in less than a minute usually. Um, in part just because after you figure out what a guy is like and how to fight them and what their concept is, fighting two or three of them is not that different and right. not that different to talk about. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so let's, let's get into go. the, uh, the beginning city of the damned, uh, your hometown, which is later named in, mm-hmm. uh, in later games, but this is, uh, they brought it to your house. Corvus <laughs> has reason to be mad. They came to his neighborhood. Uh, yeah, they're the, the, he's not locked in the city with them. They yeah. came Imagine to if the you city. woke up one day and your city was called city of the damned and <laughs> you didn't change it. You didn't vote. would it have to be like an actual thing like like would there be would it turn into a city of the damned or would it be like a uh, like a tourist thing (laughs) (laughs) Um, oh my gosh uh the first mission here is called the docks and yeah you start on some docks they have a little jetty here it's neat Mm -hmm. um but uh you're in a little tutorial room uh you've got uh some gargoyles here these are the basic ones, the ones that just kind of fly at you uh, <laughs> and sneak so, up. Yeah, they're very similar to the uh, little flaming skulls in Doom, but with again these very small differences. I think uh, very small changes that make a big difference. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't do contact damage; they have to actually do a melee strike. Yeah. So they introduce ones that rush at you a little bit later, but they don't just hurt you when they hit you. They then no. have to wind up, which gives you a chance to dodge. Like this is a game. Where unlike a lot of games of its era, there is a bigger focus on defense and dodging. Mm-hmm. These first ones just fly around and shoot you. There's yeah. little little bubbas. Actually, um, the the the, the, sh- the shooting ones aren't here yet. Uh, they, the the shooting oh, ones come the, a little bit later. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, these are the uh, the one that, but they're not. They don't do contact damage. So no. you have plenty of time to shoot them with your your puny little wand, which is all you start <laughs> with. Uh, you can also switch to the staff, which is garbage. Yep. Uh, in this, you do a poke. <laughs> as opposed to a swing it, it doesn't seem very efficient um and you pick up health uh pick up some kill these gargoyles before going out into the docks that extend into the water and you grab a, a room that has a switch that lowers a key which gets you introduced to your second enemy here in a hallway like, where there are golems god the sounds that these golems make yep. they they really sell the big dumb guy thing to the point where they feel less like golems and more like ogres it's the sack pack <laughs> Like it's it's all those dudes who are hanging out in Tim Heidecker's den, uh, eating food that he throws at them. Like they're absolutely just big slow guys, <laughs> absolute terror motherfuckers. Like, oh my uh, gosh! Uh, eventually, they're going to introduce ones that uh, that that will uh, do projectiles, the Inferno Golems. Uh, yeah. But these guys, they just come up and uh, attempt to do wrestle moves on you. Yeah, they just kind of duh until you kill them. Um, you get past this, uh, this, this secret area here. Oh man, this is, this is a side note. I rewatched the, uh, the episode of the Simpsons with George Bush. Mm-hmm. You know, at the end, so the end, Gerald Ford comes up and him and Homer are friends. Yeah. Did you ever notice that Gerald Ford's personalized license plate is Mr. Duh? Uh-huh. It's so yeah. mean. It's incredibly <laughs> mean. Mr. Duh. <laughs> why would you do it? that's so weird yeah not, um, not not that you have to feel bad for the uh for the uh guy who pardoned nixon but apparently yeah, he he really yeah. resented his you know just like he had a couple of times where he stumbled and him this incredibly accomplished athlete like big college football guy like that was a huge part of his identity forever being just the big doofus who was always stumbling you know yeah. <laughs> like chevy chase fucking <laughs> ruined that man <laughs> <laughs> but you don't have to hand it to any president but also no, poor no. jerry ford <laughs> mr duh I, mr duh <laughs> the, um 
So in the the hallway here, there's a secret area you can pick up. It's very well telegraphed, uh, which gives you the gauntlets of the necromancer. Mm-hmm. Uh, just do no necromancing whatsoever. Um, they're exactly like the chainsaw, but again, uh, small changes that make big differences. These have a short tractor beam effect. Yeah, they so like an enemy draw- get locked on them. They like, like draw you toward the enemy. It's weird. It ends up being like if you have a bunch of weak enemies, like a bunch of gargs, uh, this is really good because it will just kind of one at a time chew them up, and then mm-hmm. you'll instantly target the next one. No, yeah. because they'll they'll just uh, home you in on it. Yeah, uh, pretty neat. This is this is way better to have uh, as a uh, an infinite ammo kind of last resort kind of deal. Yes, uh, and almost always a good bet in really close quarters. Right. The, the other thing too, uh, the tome of power for this drains life. Mm-hmm. That's really cool too. So it becomes a utility item. It's a little you... necromantic there. Yeah, a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I guess that there's, there's the yeah. necromancer. Uh, kind of. <laughs> it's not bringing <laughs> the dead back to life. Yeah. You know, uh, it's vampiric. Uh, but it's, it's really cool that it has a utility function as well. Mm-hmm. So if you're low on health and you just, you know, you have a tone of power, that is another option for you. Yeah. The game is pretty generous with health pickups, um, yes. is, yeah. uh, is, is the thing like there'd be again, because it wants you to use them. It's not just the instant use health pickups, but also the, uh, the quartz flask, the little, little, little pink ones. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm just more like admire in, uh, admiring the, uh, the design space yes. doing. you yeah. know it's yeah. it also since you enemies can still attack you while you're doing uh mm-hmm. chainsawing them uh they're gonna hit you but you're gonna get that health back yeah so it makes it viable even you know against tough enemies mm-hmm. yeah. um and then this ends so every level pretty much ends with you've got to get to the teleporter room tiny little closet uh with a little thing you have to touch to to, to leave the level pretty much always you're going to defeat like a rush of enemies and then you're going to open this up and then inside this closet is a little boss encounter yeah just one little guy who's gonna be like i'll be seeing you next level (laughs) yeah um you know a little preview so this one has the undead warrior a cool little skeleton warrior guy who tosses axes at you yeah um you know see it kind of an emergency early on uh these versions are fine and then you get to the uh the ghost versions which are Real monsters, I think. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Any of the ones that throw the red axes. Yes. Um, you know, and, you know, it, it's it's kind of important, I think. Our boss in the first, you know, nothing has done projectiles yet, uh, except for this guy, the Sunday Warrior that we're going to get. Uh, everything mm-hmm. in this level so far had been, uh, had been melee. Uh, yes. One thing about the gargoyles before we move off of them uh, throughout the game, they're just going to have them peppered throughout the levels and you're going to be minding your own business. And because these can fly over um, obstacles, they don't have to uh, track along ground that you can run along. They're almost always going to hone directly on you uh, mm-hmm. and just attack you from behind. So you're just going to see your, your health going, going down and you're going to turn around and you're going to see just a bunch of these little lampreys just meh. Yeah, yeah. The little pokies. The uh yeah. the I found the the trick was just to um like that's what they want to do, and they will ambush you and come out from things. Mm-hmm. You have to be very careful about clearing everything. Yeah. Like yeah. uh like Doom, they give you a little how many enemies you killed mm-hmm. uh, thing at the end. And the idea is that that's supposed to be for completionism. You know, like, mm-hmm. oh, I killed all the enemies. I oftentimes was getting that and not because of completionism reasons. Oh, yeah. It was just because I wanted to explore because it's, it's got more of an exploration vibe to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, leaving the docks, you go directly into the dungeon, uh, which I wouldn't have done. No. Um, yeah, I, I would have explored other parts of my hometown, <laughs> like the Applebee's. Um, <laughs> they have perfect margaritas. Yeah, I, yeah. I would have got some apps, and I could use them at later times. 
add them to my inventory. Yeah. Oh, I've only got one tater skin left because I left the, yeah. I left the room. Well, the, yeah, at the end, of, the end of every level, they take all of your tater skins except for one for the road. Um, <laughs> Ro- road skins. <laughs> you just get a tiny road tater. Uh, yeah. So this is this uh, area is mostly indoors as opposed to the last one. Yeah. Uh, and this is where you're introduced to the workhorse weapon of the game. Yeah, the, you're, the one uh, I use the most for by far. Yeah, and it's a it's a it's a good one. This is the ethereal crossbow. Uh, it's a crossbow that shoots uh, three energy bolts uh, mm-hmm. as it, as it goes, and they have kind of a a loose a loose spread. This not being a hit scan means that uh, it is super easy to tell when all of your projectiles are hitting, so it feels way more. Uh, satisfying to uh, hit every enemy with all three of them in one go, uh, which does little to offset the loss of the satisfying shotgun sound, uh, yeah. but, it, but it's there and it matters. It uh, just needs a way better noise. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Just make it sound like a shotgun. It's magic. It'd be fine with me. Uh, I'm sure that's a mod for this, <laughs> just porting in all the, the gun sounds from Doom. Um, when you get this, this is a little uh, trick room. You you get this and the walls drop down. There are a bunch of gargoyles. And it's kind of teaching you about the ethereal crossbow, which can kill multiple enemies in a shot. Yeah. Uh, you know, if because it spreads out, especially really weak enemies, even though like the gargoyles are not super, super weak. They still have some HP. Mm-hmm. But you can uh, kind of just fire this into the crowd and eventually kill them. Kill them yeah. all through splash. Yeah. Uh, the yellow key gets into gets you into a fancy area. Something I love about these levels is that most of them have at least one place with like lots of gold stuff. Like, oh, this is where the administrator lived. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, the uh, the dungeon master. Yeah. Um. This one and this has a crusher trap. Uh. This uh. This little press hydraulic press <laughs> that comes down. There are little potions in there that you want to get, but as you go in, it'll come down and and hurt you. You don't die. You don't get gibbed. I just get hurt for being crushed in this, is it, which is a, a kindness. The, the the audiovisual presentation on the crusher traps are fucking amazing because again, they move down very slowly and they don't, it doesn't push you like straight down into the, into the floor. You just kind mm-hmm. of like your view goes to like half height and then you're constantly <laughs> making like a, uh, 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 compressed inch by inch yeah because but it's just like somebody like like an improv exercise like i'm going to press down on top of your head and you're going to go down to half half height you're going to do some physical play (laughs) (laughs) Um, it's like the the 2022 really good tweet where it's just like uh 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 <laughs> me staying in the sun taking one hp damage per second yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh um, my god they play with another kind of level hazard in this when you grab the blue key a little bit later the lights turn out uh and it gets dark in this game like really fucking dark uh you have torches, so you can offset this you know, mm-hmm. this temporary item and this was a really early like oh use your shit Yes. signal to me yeah um it's very funny the way that they handle uh darkness in this because at least in uh you know gz doom i didn't get this far in the regular one before i realized i was gonna get uh a com- you know completely motion sick play in this it's just they, they they just turn off rendering that space when it is in mm-hmm. darkness um I, like there are varying you know varying levels of light like you know gz doom has the uh um, uh, dynamic light and stuff put up, put into it. But when a place is dark and is meant to be lit up with a torch, even if it's just a little alcove, it's just, here is a black void where this is mm-hmm. at. Yeah. Yeah. It just swallows all light. It's magical. Yeah. Uh, you can get a very useful item here, uh, and through exploring the secret areas where you can get the bag of holding. 
um, which doubles your ammo limit. This uh, is huge. Your capacity. Yeah. Now you pick this up. This is a really good item. You want this and gives you a little bit of ammo. Mm-hmm. For everything. Yeah. Um, and then there is a, a crusher trap uh, near the start of the level. And if you can get past that, you get a new weapon, the dragon claw. Yeah. Uh, here, which is a machine gun. Yeah. Uh, incredibly. Yeah, I, do the claw. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, I mean, you know, it's uh, it, you, you hold it and then energy stuff uh, shoot, shoots off from it. Uh, this, this was I basically, I went back and forth between this and the, uh, the ethereal crossbow, uh, and getting both of those in the second, the, the, the second stage was useful, but also a little bit underwhelming because nothing was as useful as the two of those in tandem. Yeah. Uh, game could use more and more exciting weapons, I think. Yes. Um, after, you know, send a uh, sensible place after you leave the dungeons, you go into the gatehouse mm-hmm. the gatehouse that guards the gungeon dungeons <laughs> uh, here. The Gargagungan. <laughs> I haven't talked for a long time. That's the thing. Yeah. Yeah. I spent, I spent this week just playing video games and reading. So no talk. Just read. <laughs> um, uh, we have this opening area where we get the gargoyles who shoot fireballs. Uh, mm-hmm. Even though they're they're introduced, they are often mixed in with the melee ones, and you know they don't just sudden they don't just suddenly start firing with the intensity of like a dedicated uh, projectile enemy. Uh, they fire pretty infrequently, uh, yeah. which they make up for with numbers. Yep, uh, the fireballs move slow, so if you can die, if you uh, dodge, you will be a okay. Um, we get a bunch of new items here for our inventory. Uh, this is where you find the shadow sphere, which we talked about. Uh, it's not very good. Nope. It's a thing that uh, ostensibly makes you invisible and intangible, but, uh, you know, see the intro. Yeah. Uh, more fun, you get the morph ovum, which is the <laughs> thing that turns enemies into chickens. Um, <laughs> a fun thing that I read about on this is that uh, this is a big item in the multiplayer mm-hmm. uh, of this. You can turn your opponents into chickens, but really pro heretic players learn like chicken meta. <laughs> and can get up on you and like peck you to death like pretty easily because you're a really small target. Oh. Like it changes your hitbox to be like the size of a bowling ball. And oh. like really, really good heretic competitive players can make like see being turned into a chicken as an advantage and can pull wins <laughs> out of it. Oh, welcome uh, to a world of shit. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty fun. Like it's like you think you can fight a chicken because they're small, but how would you even get a hold of it? It's like, you know? it's like uh, when, when you know, your bastard friend uses odd job and, and golden eye. Exactly. But like half an odd job, like odd jobs, kids, <laughs> you know, <laughs> the odd joblets, <laughs> you know? <laughs> the odd, odd longs, his little babies. Yeah. Um, around this point, we're really settling into the standard hub and spoke architecture. You know, the previous mm-hmm. ones have been a little bit more um, uh, linear. Uh, but, uh, you know, uh, this is a little bit aided by the addition of teleporters. Teleporters in this are not very disorienting, I found, you know, I think leading, you know, just because of the general, uh, you know, non-anonymity of the spaces that are designed mm-hmm. here. Teleporters will almost always take you either like right back to uh, the, the starting area or like the beginning of a spoke, uh, or they will take you to a very nearby uh, secret area, a very nearby yes. room. Uh, and you will uh, eject pretty close to where you started. And and sometimes they just take you to the next area you need to go to. Yes. Like, uh, you know, when I see teleporters in a first person game, I get nervous about it. Uh, yeah. they're, they're pretty good here. Mm-hmm. Um, the end of this level is guarded by the spectral version of the undead warrior. Um, they're not that hard to kill because, again, most of your weapons are energy weapons. They just do a lot more damage mm-hmm. uh, than throwing little red axes. Uh, those mean business. Yeah. So, well, there's just one of them. If you can kind of back off and again, use that cover, you'll be okay. Yeah. 
uh, you just want to make sure that you clear, you know, like you said, clear out the room so you're not dealing with him along with any uh, uh, other stuff you might have trained to the exit. Yes. Yeah. Uh, this leads into the guard tower. Uh, this has this kind of big moat. Um, there are a few guard buildings, like outbuildings dotted around it. Like it almost looks like a lo-fi version of a thief map. Yeah, that's a good a good uh, point of comparison. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the yellow key is on a smasher trap. Uh, the green key is at the bottom of this main guard tower, uh, hidden among a bunch of barrels and gargoyles. Uh, I think it is uh, a, a, a smart question mark choice uh, to have these barrels not be explosive. They end up actually kind of forming like little mazes within state within a room, hiding mm-hmm. uh, hiding stuff because they're just rendered as sprites, just like items are. Yeah. The, uh, there are ex- the explosive barrel equivalent later. Yeah. I can't remember if you run into them in these episodes we're talking about, or if they are in episode four and five. Are you talking about uh, the spores? I'm talking about the spores. Yeah. I know yeah, you yeah. run into those. Yeah. 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 Those show up in, uh, in at least in episode three that blow up. They're called like gas bags or something like that. Yeah. Called uh, big, big titty farters. <laughs> I, I don't know what they're actually called. Some, something ridiculous. Yeah. Um, the, uh, the green key, which you get here, which unlocks the way the exit, is guarded by one of these cloaked figures, these uh, servants of Disparal, uh, these wizard characters, who I thought were going to be like a mini boss, but turn out to actually be kind of less of a pain in the ass than the undead warriors. Yeah. Uh, they're not too bad. They're not they're not as durable as the undead warriors. What they what they gain uh, in exchange for that is the ability to float. Yeah. Uh, which means that they will uh, kind of like the gargoyles have a have an easier time uh, kind of fast tracking toward you. It would probably be an absolute nightmare if you were using page up and page down. Yes. Uh, to fight them. They look badass. Yeah. Uh, this, this guard tower guards the Citadel. Oh, would you go into, mm-hmm. uh, which when you go into this area, this is a big melee. This is a huge monster party of just like <laughs> big dumb guys punching each other in the back of the head. <laughs> It's worth saying that, though, uh, because enemies will hurt each other and get into fights with each other. Uh, yes. They ha- they need to be present in substantial enough density for that to happen. Uh, you're probably going to start seeing that around this point, though. Yes. Uh, on, on the off chance, then seeing it a lot more later as yeah. enemies get more and more dense, uh, specifically when you start running to the Iron Liches. Yeah. Uh, the non-boss versions of which are pretty stationary, and you can get them to fire on their friends pretty easy. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so you, you kind of work into these corridors, uh, here and they're a little smaller outbuildings here, and we're running into some various, uh, tougher enemies than just the golems. We have the, the robe specters are back, skeleton warriors come out and big swarms of gargoyles. This is kind of where you get into a little bit of like, oh, the enemy palette is not so diverse that they can do too much more than just have a bunch of dudes. Mm-hmm here like the levels are really well designed but they're limited the encounters are not necessarily well designed because they're kind of limited by what these guys can do yeah you know if, if that makes sense and um, the majority of them uh, will just kind of intermittently fire a slow moving projectile that kind of moves at you yeah like walk yeah. back and forth and just kind of you know toss something at you mm-hmm. uh, the cool thing about this is that the uh, the blue key that you get which brings you into this cathedral building um it has this water font in front of it which has the rings of wrath wings yeah. of wrath in it so you can you can finally uh fly yeah and you have to use those to get to the upper part of the cathedral and uh, uh get through to the uh exit nice little uh, tutorial for that yeah very nice uh bring us into the cathedral level yeah yeah uh, yeah love this this is like a big church 
like you start in the sanctuary, like up at the nave or whatever. Uh, it's been too long since I've taken art history. Um, and you're working your way like through the larger chambers and then out into a graveyard. Like it's a mm-hmm. it's a full big cathedral uh, and it is recognizable as such. Yeah. Some kind of dungeon ecology stuff yeah. here. Um, there are little worship rooms on the side. Uh, there's rooms with stained glass. Uh, down there and stuff like it has this kind of corrupted real religion uh, <laughs> feeling to it you know it doesn't have the the doom like everything is an upside down cross and a 666 and it's just using religious imagery because it's badass this was actually a place where people worshiped before it was corrupted yes yeah um getting introduced to the uh spectral golems uh in this level out in the graveyard who again mm-hmm. not too big of a deal um but harder they're, they're yeah. kind of semi-invisible until you get close enough, but you can hear them and see kind of stuff moving and you're always moving and shooting. So do, do they, they, they continue making the dumb guy noises. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. They can just shut up about their goddamn jet skis for one second. <laughs> I, stealthy. I get it. You spilled your soda. <laughs> yeah. Just, oh, you lost the lid to your yogurt. And you're not hungry anymore. Tell me more. Dorgas. Like, uh, but we go into the cathedral again, the way these levels kind of make a sense here in this first episode down into the crypts below the yeah. cathedral here. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, this is like a little flooded. Yeah. It's like a little flooded necropolis kind of deal. Um, yeah. You know, and there's, there are these smaller, these smaller kind of buildings that are the actual crypts. Uh, and like, this is a harsh introduction you know, if you hadn't, uh, uh, you know, had to deal with it too much before, this area that you start that you start out in has enemies up on high ledges above you, taking pot shots down at you. Yeah, yeah. So you have you can't really you can get to them and you can shoot them, but they're going to walk back and forth. So you have to kind of make the value judgment of do I dodge this and wait until I can get up there? Because if it's a you know a heretic level, you can, you will be able to get up there, mm-hmm. uh, you know, or do I try to kind of snipe back and forth? Uh, which is difficult with projectiles on both sides. You can waste a lot of ammo that way. Yeah. Um, the centerpiece here is this undead throne room you can get into, uh, where there are these crushed doors that are staggered at the beginning. They're kind of like teeth that move up it's, and down. It's like it's like uh, a double dare physical challenge uh, kind mm-hmm. of set piece to get through that. Yeah. Uh, you know, heretic Corvus Ninja Warrior, your way yeah. through this. Uh, and then there are two thrones inside, which is a cool little set piece with undead warriors on them. Mm-hmm. That stand up and proceed to throw axes at you, of course, <laughs> in a in a stately and regal manner. <laughs> uh, through the back, you drop into this uh, rough hewn kind of burial area, uh, kind of winding through these tight corridors until uh, you get the blue key. Um, and uh, this is where you you, know, you run into uh, again. You, they've run out of enemies to start throwing at you. Uh, just the uh, the semi invisible undead warrior throwing red axes at you. Yep. Uh, much, much more of a threat to you than, uh, like an HP sponge. Um, this leads into the final level of episode one, Hell's Maw, uh, which is a big chasm with a sea of lava at the bottom down here. Um, there are these undead warriors that are off on the far ledge. They're going to be tossing axes at you so you can snipe them. Uh, it's probably better to fight these guys than try to run past them because they have a much better angle on you. Yeah. Um, yeah. And this is where those spores show up. Yeah, there's like a uh, you've, you've got to run across the uh, the lava at the bottom uh, to uh, to kind of get up to the top there. Uh, and uh, uh, this chamber of spores is like a uh, little adjoining 
uh, you know, connector kind of thing. These spores, uh, they will explode uh, if they are shot or if they are hit by anybody. Uh, and you have a bunch of the Inferno golems uh, kind of in uh, small little rooms off to either side, uh, potentially throwing their little uh, fireballs in and blowing them up. So you want to clear out uh, enough of these guys so that you can make your way through uh, safely. Uh, and <laughs> you also kind of want to hang around uh, and wait for the uh, Nitro golems to uh, uh, come after you because you do not want them coming in uh, to uh, attack you. For the big boss encounter for the end of this episode, uh, yes. this next giant area with iron liches. Yeah, iron liches are great. They're gigantic <laughs> metal skulls. Uh, I would have been happy with a skeleton or just a regular metal skull, mm-hmm. uh, but a six foot tall metal skull. Mwah. Um, <laughs> these are a rare enemy uh, in that there are different versions of this. Um, it's doing the doom trick of an enemy showing up at the end of an episode as a boss and then being rolled into regular enemies. Um, but these actually behave a little bit differently. Uh, the boss versions of these move quicker. Mm-hmm. The uh, the actual versions we're going to do later are almost stationary. Like they're almost like turrets. Yeah. It makes them much easier. The other thing is that they have multiple attacks. Uh, they, ha- they cast three different spells at you that they have uh they shoot off these little blue sparks these fire pillars and then most annoyingly they have these tornadoes they'll pick you up and displace you and they home in on you Mm -hmm. and they're very persistent Uh, they last for dodge they last for a very long time um and if you get caught in them they're going to almost always hold you in a corner uh so enemies in the room are going to have just a very easy target to hit yeah uh, if if those enemies are golems, if they're not shooting things at you, it's a good time to break out your gauntlets uh, with perhaps a tome of power to keep your health up. Yeah. No. Um, uh, and yeah, like you've, you've got two of them with the possibility of these nitro golems coming in from behind you. Um, and then a, a whole bunch of the uh, the wizards coming in from the chamber ahead of you. Yeah. Uh, tough, tough encounter, as, as yeah. well it should be for Hell's Maw. Yeah. Um, you know, the chamber that they were in is this lava floor and you can run in there and grab an invul- uh, invulnerability ring at the end, right before the stage exit. So give yeah. you a little advantage for the next uh, set of episodes. Uh, I think you don't actually start with anything. Can you get that before you do the boss fight? Um, no, I uh, wait. I, th- I, th- I think it's out in the center. So the, I, I ended up using the, uh, the invulnerability ring to get, uh, to get through the, uh, the exit chamber where gotcha. all of those, uh, wizards were held because that is the lava floor. Uh, like that, yes. like, there is no safe area. Whereas the room with the iron liches, uh, they're on a little Island in the center of a bunch of lava, but you have safe area all the way around the chamber. Yeah. Around the, the, cause a lot of times in, um, doom at least i didn't notice it as much in heretic i was just wondering if i missed it because there are secrets they will put an uh, invulnerability item at the Mm -hmm. boss or near uh, big boss encounters Mm -hmm. if you can find it Um, i was just wondering if you can get this for the golem encounter i don't know Um, i I found it after the golem uh but you you run through the lava to get to the end and we get a little narrative uh, scrawl. Uh, you succeeded in wiping the undead from your world, but you now must seal the Hell's Maw portal from within to stop them from coming back. Uh, and then ends with the <laughs> no one ever said being a heretic was easy. That's from the uh, the newspaper comic that Corvus is working on uh, about him. You know, it's like very Ziggy like, and it's about him having problems, like only heretic things. Mm, you know, yeah. for, so other heretics can read it and and relate to it. Just heretic things. <laughs> yeah, just like the lock heretics, you know, 
<laughs> Heretic Cliff. <laughs> like the, there's a whole there's a whole thing he's working or it's gonna be mimeographed. Uh, <laughs> I wish I could one up you, but I've fallen out of the rhythm. Yeah, we don't got we don't got the rhythm anymore. It's okay, That's we'll fine. get it back. <laughs> we're, we're we'll get it back. This moves us on to episode two, Hell's Maw. Yes. Uh, and there are cool, like, Dungeons and Dragons-y things you're doing here. I think this, in terms of just visually, this is my least favorite of the yeah. episodes. Um, there's some cool psychedelia and cool colors that happen, but we've, we're not in spaces as much anymore. Um, it's, a, it's a lot of, ca- like, cavern and rough stone. This is the part that looks the most like it could just be doom. Yes. And it kind of comes back. I was expecting it just to continue on that, that thing. But then when mm-hmm. you get to the dome of de- despair, it again looks like places. It just looks like, you know, places cults and, and demons live in. Yeah. You know, uh, this starts off with the crater. Yeah. Uh, just like in doom, when you start a new episode, you are down to just your basic equipment. You have your wand, a little bit of ammo and your, uh, your staff, uh, none of your items that you picked up. So the first mission of any given episode uh, is going to be uh, difficult. Uh, that is especially true in episode three. Here they do a little bit more to uh, kind of ease you in. Uh, yes. Though they do um, <laughs> like the, introduce you to a brand new enemy that is pretty tough on the curve of things. The uh, the wear dragons uh, here yeah. when you open the first door. Uh, these uh, stand-ins for imps. Yeah. Uh, nasty. Yeah. Nasty little dudes. The um, so you continue uh, kind of moving uh, through here. The level is very basic. Yeah, you know, um, there's just a couple of different rooms. It's pretty easy. You just yeah. have to get the keys and run across these lava floors, which will do damage to you after a beat. Yes. Um. So they set these up so you can uh, sprint across them. Yeah. Generally, uh, lava does not instantly kill you, which is good. Standard level. Uh, I like that they are just introducing this new element of the uh, of the lava for you to understand that it is not a uh, death sentence. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and this moves on to our second level here, the lava pits. Yeah, another new yeah. enemy, and I think the last unique sprite that we're going to get before the end boss. Yeah, uh, the, uh, yeah. The, the end boss, which is uh, what they based uh, Vindicator from Spawn on, I think. Huh. which i never put together but looks just like him Weird. or violator not vindicator mm. <laughs> how stupid of me D- different things <laughs> yeah um uh, one's a depression mode album hey yeah, yeah. one's Gary, a I'm member not, of alpha flight i'm not the spawn one. <laughs> oh, okay <laughs> the, um you're you're, into it though your your spawn your spawn jokes do nothing for me no I, no one's the spawn one <laughs> do you think i have a spawn friend who my spawn I, jokes I, work I, on i think i think maybe you I, in my head you and jeremy were goofing on spawn a lot more jeremy doesn't know spawn i don't okay. know spawn I, I just <laughs> i just i never read a spawn comic in my life i just am familiar with a couple of his creepy little fuck-ups oh maybe maybe, maybe it's because you kids. because you and will uh, uh were making jokes about malbolgia yeah possibly yeah. Well, yeah. That, that's that's yeah that's a that's a long and storied tale yes um the, the, 
but nobody nobody knows about spawn we don't have a spawn american on the network as far as i know (laughs) prove me wrong (laughs) Uh, yeah so these uh these things called saber claws uh these little xenomorph things and it it kind of runs into another one of the problems with this game about the enemy variety is that they're a little faster than golems but they're also just little melee dudes yeah Uh, they're not that big a deal um, also, I was expecting them to be like really fast or teleport or have a jump or do something. Yeah. Uh, no, they just kind of sidle towards you and try to attack you. Also, their claws aren't sabers. They're more just ornate axes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And they're so got fire for that blunder. Yeah. Yeah. And then no good. <laughs> um, but this, uh, this level progresses along this lava river. Uh, so you, you eventually go down and you follow it. There's a really cool little, uh, game saying yes thing. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a, a lava waterfall at the end and there's enough headspace to get down there. If you go down there, there's a secret and a set of wings that'll get you out, mm-hmm. uh, which is really cool. Like, just like, oh, you wouldn't think to go here. It looks like yeah. a level feature, you know, just backdrop, but they put stuff there. Yeah. Um, uh, but, uh, you quickly leave the lava, uh, lava river and go up to this upper, more constructed area, uh, where the wizards are up there just kind of playing cards and stuff. Yep. Just walking back and forth. Yeah. Uh, the way out is reached by lowering this pillar with a switch and you ride it up to a blue teleporter here, uh, taking you to the river of fire. Yeah. Uh, this is like an organic sewer level. Uh, this is yes. kind of the most curvy map that we've gotten so far. Mm-hmm. Um, and <laughs> don't, don't, don't say, mm-hmm. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh man. Yeah. A lot of, a uh, lot of blind corners, uh, for enemies to kind of, uh, kind of hide in when I, so when I call this uh, like a, like a sewer level, the, a thing that is important about a sewer level is that, uh, there is almost always like two, two traversable sides of the, of a hallway with a dangerous middle. So you have to go up and down both sides of it. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Or, You've got or that going like on choose here. your crossing points. Yes. Yeah. You know, where you can do that. Um, yeah, it's got that, that energy to it. Um, so yeah, uh, you kind of, uh, you get to the top of another lava fall and this is where we can get our Phoenix rod. Yeah. Uh, love this thing. This. Yeah. This is really good. Yeah. Um, I just, I love it. I love a doom rocket launcher. And, you know, yeah. I, I don't know if that's just because I fell into doing like team fortress rocket launcher stuff, but like that is just the right amount of speed and just the right amount of uh, splash damage to be really, really fun to knock enemies around with. Uh, it's really useful too, since enemies tend to bunch up. Yeah. In this game, like anything that does AOE is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, through the blue door on the mandatory path, you can also get in this little cranny and grab the hell staff, which is the equivalent of a, the plasma rifle. Yeah. Uh, in this, um, you pick, I picked up ammo for this before I picked it up. Mm-hmm. And the That's ammo just... for it is runes. Yeah. Which to me is like, wait, I thought it was is currency. that currency? Yeah. yeah. I was like, am I going to find a fucking shop <laughs> uh, that I forgot about last time I played this? Uh, on the other side of this, though, this is where we get the fire mace. And uh, this yeah. is the thing that shoots rapid fires a bunch of pinballs. Mm-hmm. I just find this very kinesthetically pleasing. No. It's it's useful. It's not the most useful because it has no range. Like, And if you want to fire and sling in the air, you have to be really close to it because they arc. Mm-hmm. They act like giant pinballs. Yeah. But just having like a, a staff that opens up a gate to the elemental plane of pinballs. <laughs> <laughs> what, a, what an amazing superpower that would be. Can you imagine? <laughs> 
Can. The overcast, overpass and cause chaos. Like, oh, I love it. Just, it, yeah. I think I lost the last uh, couple pinballs that I bought. They're hanging around here. If I just had like a little staff that would give me as many of them as I wanted. Yeah. yeah. If, if we end up going back to Midwest Gaming Classic, which is our soft plan right now, we're not ready to announce, but that's mm-hmm. the hope. Um, we'll have to get some more. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, I mean, when we say these are pinballs, they, uh, they'll bounce. So even if they hit, they will, uh, travel toward, toward near, nearby enemies if they're close mm-hmm. enough. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they're really good for huge groups of enemies. If you just kind of spray, cause they, they fire very rapidly. Yeah. Um, and the, as you mentioned in the intro, this is how the BFG was supposed to function, which is really strange. Yes. Um, yeah. uh, this brings us into the ice grotto. Uh, we're going to have slippery floors. Yeah. We've run into a couple of other environment effects through here, but just in hidden zones. Um, there's a water that has a current mm-hmm. in, I, I think, the second level with wind above it <laughs> that you have to turn off through a switch. <laughs> I don't uh, remember here. turning off the wind. Uh, yeah, I only th- ran into wind. I only made note of wind uh, once later on. There's a later level where you have to make a dash across a bridge with the wind. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, uh, I am torn between uh wishing that i had seen more of that but i do not know that they would find enough interesting ways to use it uh that wouldn't be annoying yeah in this a game that says about dodging like icy floor is not great i think Mm -hmm. in this but it's again you just kind of have to like appreciate the design space that they're doing something yeah you know it's one of the basic building blocks of video games Mm -hmm. uh and they've gotten rid of it even mario like you know give you the ice skates now yeah like everyone realized this sucks um has never been good yeah. um what's real weird is that it's ice with lava uh so it's it's one of those real uh heat does I mean, not transfer worlds that's a, i mean that, that that is a weirdly common video game biome mm-hmm. like, yeah. just ice floating on lava um so we go and get the yellow key which lets us into a small church there are still kind of buildings uh here yeah. Uh, which has a green key tea, key on top of it. it has some green tea on mm. top of it. it has a green key on top if you have to refreshing yeah. and uh this lets you get into a fort uh here with some kind of smaller buildings inside the fort this fort is like half of the level uh yeah. it's pretty cool like there are guard wizards up on up on the parapet yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah and this is where when you get in the uh the temple of this you see an iron lich uh the boss yeah. of the previous episode these ones again they work a little differently uh, mm-hmm. They're a little easier to deal with, but they are doing the uh, the doom thing of end boss becomes regular enemy. Yeah. Uh, into it. Uh, getting us through into the catacombs. <laughs> I love being this late in a game running into a level called the catacombs. Uh-huh. It's like, you, you mean to tell me I haven't been in, in a, the catacombs yet? I mean, and then you look at the levels, you're like, okay, the crypts, the cathedrals, the, god damn it, they got the, me. <laughs> the dungeons. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh man uh this is the level that really is kind of built around built around the uh the water flow kind of mm-hmm. stuff like you're working down this cannon on a river opening up doors to kind of let the water through uh and trying not to get whisked along uh there's one point where you have to as you're being whisked along hit a switch uh and if mm-hmm. you move past it you have to kind of teleport back to the beginning of the level and ride uh ride the rapids down again yeah unless you're riding that quick save yeah uh, the, uh, when you get past this, we get into this area that looks kind of futuristic. This chamber looks futuristic. That has a hanging body, uh, in front of this carving of two horsemen. Yeah. Just real badass. You know, you're going you're gonna to be finding a lot of these hanging bodies. It, it, it's great. Uh, <laughs> just that kind of like giving this, in, this, uh, mood palette yeah. to a, to a low fidelity game. 
Yeah, it's oh it's it's hanging bodies and then just weirdly like hanging shrunken heads or like yeah. or, ornate skulls that are hanging around. Uh, it's just very fun that there's just apparently one guy who just went and went and did a head pass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Clark, you know, gonna <laughs> put up the decorations this year. Um, otherwise, though, this is just kind of level. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you get into a level that that filled my turned my blood to ice when I first saw the name of it, which is the labyrinth. Nothing labyrinth about this, really. Yeah, thank goodness. Yeah, uh, I did not want to do a uh, a doom maze. No. Yeah. Uh, so the central chamber here is the closest thing to a labyrinth that there is. Uh, it is just kind of this confusing mess of different elevations. It's kind of like when Kramer wanted to do his apartment in levels. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> levels, Jerry. Uh, so and so this has these different kind of like tight squeezes, these squeeze through points, and surrounded by this moat of ice. Yeah, uh, here, but it's the only part that's really confusing. Yeah, because uh, you you get your keys, you'll eventually go into the special chamber at the corner, and they each have their own little challenges. So you're going to these different corners with little encounters in them. Yeah, um, uh, you know, one of which is this big ice lake that is covered with these spores that will blow up if you touch them. Uh, uh, so you need to kind of uh, blast them as you're sliding around uh, to get there. Uh, oh, and also there where dragons just firing on you from places where you can't reach them. Yep. Uh, just, just goofy fun. Uh, yeah. the end has another iron lich, which like, <laughs> come on. Uh, Day rigor. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, he to open up the exit. You also free the lich. Yeah. And he shoots tornadoes at you. Uh, this leads into the great hall. Yeah. yeah. Uh, mostly large spaces. This is one of the most dodge heavy, uh, areas for me. Like they're just mm-hmm. saying like, yeah, here's some big arenas. Have, have fun strafing. Yeah. That was pocket. Oh, uh, deciding to play my ukulele for a second. <laughs> and here's a little, here's a little solo. Hi, pocket. Hey, Bubby. Stop. <laughs> okay. Uh, sorry. No time for an encore, little man. Hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, there's not a whole lot, uh, to this. Uh, you just kind of have to find the elevators mm-hmm. you know, and find the doorways and stuff in a big open area. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's, it's cool that they're mixing up like tight, tighter corridors with big open zones with long sight lines. Yeah. Um, and the culmination of this chapter is the most interesting level uh, to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, just like you are outside of a huge ring shaped arena and they just have tons of instances of every kind of enemy here. Like it drops you into the middle of this fracas. Yeah. In the portals of chaos. Yeah. Um, as you make your way through the fracas and get to the center, you end up in the Stonehenge formation, uh, finding a new enemy, the Molotars. <laughs> i I love that like okay what yeah (laughs) also not not mamatar no you know like yeah a lot a lot of things could have come a little bit better (laughs) mangletars yeah Yeah. mangletars uh minotaur Mm. just gonna throw that out there safe choice but (laughs) yeah i know the molotars it's 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 a big bull guy who, with the except, exception of his charge, is basically just the cyber demon. Yeah, very cyber demon esque. Yeah. But he does like a little Toro thing. He charges at you. Yeah, refreshing. Holy you know? shit! Does it take so much? Uh, oh yeah, don't get uh, damage to kill this. Yeah, well, yeah. well, yeah, don't well, don't and, get it. And yeah, they they take uh they will use up all your ammo. Yeah. It's like a Resident Evil boss. Mm-hmm. Um, so you you want to uh, be strafing. And yeah. uh, this is a great time to use tomes of power. Yeah. Uh, hit them with everything that you have. Like I had to dip back out to the outside to scavenge a little bit uh, mm-hmm. to, uh, to come back in and, uh, and deal with these guys. 
uh, the fact yeah. that it's two of them as well. It's very tough. Uh, yeah. And then the third level is when I got to certain points where I was like, you know what? I'm out of ammo. Now I'm not. Uh, and decide not to to restart the the episode. Yeah. So this one I was still playing by the rules, and then uh, in episode three I, I cheated a bit. Yeah. Um, uh, never never god mode, but did yeah. uh, give myself some ammo bumps a couple times. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you kill them, uh, and then you, you know you step through the uh, the blue portal, uh, thinking that you're going to be going back to Earth, but then you realize something else was controlling the Molotars, these kings of hell, and the <laughs> they portal. They weren't the the masterminds behind this. After years of plans, uh, my, you know, charging at them didn't work. No, uh, the portal wasn't the way home. Instead, you are right in Despero's domain, the series of domes under the sea. He lives in rapture. It's great. So, yeah. I, it, you know, if you would have asked me at the beginning of this game what <laughs> Despero's domain was, even if you called skeletons. it like the... Dis- yeah. yeah, skeletons and lava. Yeah. You know? No, not no. like... Uh, underwater domes <laughs> yeah, peaceful water realm um the idea of the uh the molotars being the grandmasters remind me uh did you see uh oh cool and i haven't talked since vacation so we're catching up on stuff as well uh-huh. uh did you see the the tim robinson skateboarding sketch that somebody no. uncovered oh man it's it's real good uh <laughs> yeah there, there's a boy and now i want to spoil it but that's the thing when you bring up did you see because yeah. if the if the answer is no, you don't get to do anything. Hmm. Um, yeah, it's, it's, I've, yeah, I've got I've got it open in a tab. I'll watch after we're done recording. Yeah, well, you watch it between episodes. Okay, uh, you, you gotta see it. Uh, but you'll <laughs> you'll see real heads. You know, people who who know the sketch uh, <laughs> will know the uh, where I was going with the Molotar. Maybe. Gotcha. Um, we're starting off in uh, you know so the Dome of Despair. We're starting out in his storehouse. <laughs> this is where he keeps old paint cans. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like boxes after he moved it, you know broken appliances that maybe you'll get around to selling yeah yeah despair always wants a project <laughs> you know <laughs> but yeah you spawn with nothing in this gladiatorial kill box uh there are the wizards firing at you uh from cage walls up above and really there's little you can do because you just have your little uh shitty pistol wand uh and yep. you want to get out of here it's very very difficult um, so until you rebuild your arsenal, this level is going to be hard, basically, the whole way. Yes. Uh, there. Um, and they introduce a new enemy here, the Ophidians, uh, which are cool snake-looking dudes. Yeah, the Nagas. Uh, yeah, little Nagas that shoot flame orbs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like like half of the other enemies. <laughs> yes, because uh, there's an enemy problem in this. <laughs> I Even if the flame orbs looked like snakes, if they're just tossing snakes at you, I would have liked yeah. it more. Yeah. They're, they're yeah. tossing their offspring at you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, these things are very durable. They have a lot of hit points. Yeah. And stuff. Uh, so it was really tricky once you don't have your hard hitting items. Uh, the exit kind of takes you into some, you know, some of the more built up areas and each of these has had their own little palette, uh, to them, you know, different spaces. What I love about the dome of despair, because it is the peaceful under underwater realm is that a lot of the places are going to kind of look like your high school pool. If mm-hmm. you're, if your high school had a pool, there's lots of, uh, mosaic walls with just waves, uh, kind of <laughs> tiled onto them. <laughs> Despero's got an aesthetic. He, yeah. he decorates it like an Airbnb. Uh, <laughs> yeah. he, um, I, was, I was going for a 1980s auditorium kind of feel. Yeah. If you if you unlock the right wave wall, you get to find a little uh, sign that says "Live Wine Love." 
uh, in a font. <laughs> Next to a list of things you're not allowed to do with the yes. room you rented. And then if you're lucky, a three-ring binder with like the absolutely most unhinged guide to a TV you've ever read. <laughs> <laughs> with blurry, like scanned fun saver pictures of, of <laughs> angles of the remote control yeah. stuff. Uh, this leads us into the cesspool. Uh, Despero has a proper sewer, yes. not just a lava sewer. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we And this is where the spores are out in full force. We get these kind of yeah. narrow lanes full of uh, full of these bad boys. Um, some of the spores multiply when you shoot them. Some of them don't. They mm-hmm. kind of don't seem to go away entirely. So it's about clearing well, a regrow. path and then getting through. Yeah. Yeah. Certain ones will regrow as well. Yeah. Not always. Uh, I think it depends on the level yeah. uh, that you're in. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, uh, this turns after you get past that, you turn to these little, uh, these little Warren rooms that you go where you get the keys. They don't have a whole lot of ornamentation. There's not a lot to them. Yeah. And you get to the end where an iron lich is guarding the exit. Mm-hmm. Yep. You just, open the door and there's just a guy. He's just, <laughs> he vibing. just pops out. Bah. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this brings us to the confluence, yeah. uh, here. All of these things, we didn't mention this before, but you get to see a little world map. That shows how these connect between levels. That's pretty important. I like that. Yeah. That's a good effect. I like it too. It gives you the sense of continuity yeah. to all of these. Like a, like a Castlevania uh, map. Very yeah. similar. Yeah. Uh, this is the largest of the domes. The one at the center of Despero's domes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, it opens with this bigger, big arena battle in this large dome. This is where you're definitely going to see enemies uh, uh, kind of taking shots at each other. Uh, there's mm-hmm. kind of, they're doing this before you arrive. Yeah. Uh, Despero cannot keep his people uh, chill yeah. at all. Um, so everything that we've seen or everything that you do in here uh, makes a trap open up nearby, which will pour out these like saber claws and were dragons. Uh, again, uh, downside of, of the genre, they're just pouring enemies at you. Yeah. Um, and you're picking up lots of stuff like you're not still, you know, we just said you open this up without your weapons. You picked everything up by this point. Mm-hmm. Like you, you are good with ammo. It's yeah. just, there's a lot of things to use it on. It's the game. Yeah. You know, it's this weird little uh, crossbreed between exploring and, you know, just shooting guys. Like yeah. a mus- musu game almost. You'll, you'll, you'll pick up a stuff. You'll pick up something that seems like it's brand new. Like, oh, Inferno Orb. Neat. Yeah. Uh, it turns out, no, that's actually just a lot of ammo for the fire mace. It's good. Yeah. I like using the fire mace. It's a neat weapon in both of its modes. Uh, but also... Yeah, the no, yeah, nothing, nothing new. really new mechanically here. Nothing new to show you from here on out, which is kind of a bummer. Yeah, uh, so it just becomes about juggling the things you already know. Yeah. Um, after you get uh, through this, the next level is the Azure Fortress. Azure Fortress. Uh, there's not really a hook uh, to this. There's a lot of little monster jails. You know, these are mm. the people who would not stop fighting in the confluence. Maybe <laughs> uh, they got put here. Uh, the main thing is the exit, which is tricky. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The switches are concealed. Yeah, so you to- uh, you know, it's, it's it's real like, okay, you're running along and you don't see a uh, little alcove where it's at because the alcove is kind of pointed away from your main entrance. But also as you're running back along these uh, uh, back along these walls or through these rooms, it's also concealed there. So you kind of have to walk the perimeter to make sure that you're not missing. Yeah, a little bit of a bummer. Yeah, uh, there's a bonus level for this chapter uh, here that you can get to the aquifer. Um, several of these bonus levels, the other, uh, levels have other episodes have a bonus level as well. I couldn't find them. Um, yeah. Yeah. The, the, you can either find them. You can also cheat to get into them. There were levels that are readily available in the multiplayer. 
Mm-hmm. Um, the, uh, the, I think it's in episode one, the graveyard is the okay. bonus level and it fucking sucks. It's hard. <laughs> um, well, the aquifer fucking sucks too. Like yeah, it's, these are like challenge yeah. levels. Yeah. It's super hard. Uh, also not very much of an aquifer. <laughs> yeah. So aquifer heads, you're going to go home with blue balls. Yeah. Uh, it's real short. There's this little throne room that acts as a hub, mm-hmm. uh, that you can go through and then just really tough enemy encounters on the outside of it. And the yeah. exit has the iron lich in a very, very small room, which yes. is not where you want to fight them. No, no, not with their, uh, big, uh, whirlwind attacks. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the next yeah. mandatory level that you do is the Ophidian layer. Uh, it is very short and we are firmly in the realm of walls open when you do stuff. You know, kind yes. of deal. <laughs> the uh, yep. <laughs> it's not even just like when you pick something up. Sometimes it's just you'll walk into a particular like in order to open the way forward. You need to like explore this corner of the room, and then stuff will drop down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, at least it finally answers where the Ophidians uh, live. Yes, yeah. In a layer, um, <laughs> they're tough in these numbers because they have so much HP. Yes. So, uh, you know, they, they have the, their projectiles that they shoot out, move at this kind of odd speed, which is a little bit tricky to get used to. Mm-hmm. But dodging was not as big a deal to me with these guys as ammo management. Yes. Because they just sucked up a lot of my resources. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And just they, they, they pile up. You're the, they're, they're joining faster than you can put them down. Yeah. Uh, this brings us into the Halls of Fear. Uh, the, the main portion of this level is this uh, raised bridge. Uh, that contains the main uh, keys and gates and the water level below has all the enemies items that we right. can get to. And we're going to go back and forth between those. Yeah. Uh, this is, uh, the, the, this is one of the levels where I really feel the pain of press a switch and then go check the entire uh, level to see if something changed. This is probably the greatest distance between a switch hit and then thing moved. Yeah. Yeah. You can kind of see it like it's, it's interesting because like, you can see the developers really trying to stretch the bounds of the, the tools that they made mm-hmm. to increase difficulty, right? Yeah. Like they want this to feel like a dungeon. They want it to feel like it's full of traps and stuff like that. The, uh, if you look at and you read old D and D modules, mm-hmm. they're absolutely full of that shit. Yeah. Like tomb of horrors is full of, you do something in room a, and it causes something unrelated to happen in room F. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to excuse it as good design. It's bad design there and it's bad design here. Yeah. It was 100% in the water as yeah. to what we thought a dungeon should be, which, you know, which is uh, really strange. Like we, we figured it out. We got better. Yes. You know, but we did, we did not under, you know, we, we made legend of Grimrock too. Eventually like we, mm-hmm. we perfected a dungeon. Yeah. Uh, it took a while to get there though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I don't care for it. I really don't like, I mean, just go back and see any time when we complained about flags, like, Oh fuck, it's just all these flags. Yeah. It's a different version of the flagging problem. Right. Yeah. Which is again, I have to go check with everything and everybody and check every corner because something might've changed when I wasn't looking. Um, it's a, it, it's definitely on the, the list, like the short list of dungeon, like dungeon sins for me. Yeah. You know, along with, uh, mazes with lots of dead ends. Mm-hmm. And not having landmarks yeah. and teleporter traps. Yeah. Um, it's just things that we we should have left in the 80s. <laughs> I'm looking at you, Fantasy Star 2. Yeah. yeah. You, you, why'd you do that? Yeah. You know? Didn't have to. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you also have to like do <laughs> like do three switches in a row to, to lower the key to get the green one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, at the end, uh, there's a gate with multiple Malatars. <laughs> Malatars in it <laughs> multiple molotars <laughs> batman deep in, 
Yeah. Jumping, <laughs> cheap and jellicers. Um, the, uh, along with a bunch of spectral wizards covering them. Yeah. So that's fine. Uh, you get to the, uh, the chasm here, the penultimate level, which is, uh, too many saber claws. Uh, <laughs> what happens if we take a weak melee enemy and just give you dozens and dozens of them? Yeah. Uh, and one chamber and then the next one, there's even more of them, but now there are ophidians firing from above. Yeah. God help you if you don't have rocket lock, launcher ammo. Yeah. The saber claw room. Yeah. Um, the next room uh, that you get into is like full of these teleporters. It has the green key that you want to get, uh, but there's a Molotar uh, confined in it, and the space is very small. So yeah. what you want to do, and there are a couple of different places where you can do this, is get an angle on an enemy, uh, mm-hmm. especially if it's not a uh, projectile enemy, mm-hmm. where you can just kind of fish in a barrel them. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Re- regrettably, the Molotar is a projectile enemy, so you have to oh, really yeah. watch. The wind-up on his fire attack is actually pretty short, so you have yes. to really be ready to uh, to dodge out of the side. I died twice trying to fish in a barrel this guy. You kind of just always have to be circle strafing. Yeah. Like, you, when you're playing this game, you strafe more in a level than I do in a lifetime. <laughs> and I strafe. Like, no, yeah. I didn't know the word for it until I started playing video games. But I was like, oh shit, I do that all the time. I mean, it's, it, it is, it is the move if you're doing the, uh, the Midwestern, just got to sneak around you there. Yeah. Or yeah. if you're line dancing, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like we had to do in gym class, tons of strafing going on there. Yeah. So much. Um, the blue key uh, is in this room across a bridge with this wind blowing. Yeah. Um, and it's over a sea of acid. So like, <laughs> Why be careful there. Um, uh, and then this opens up this prominent central chamber where you got a couple of iron liches just for, uh, you know, just for bonus. Yeah. It, it ends with iron liches, just like 80% of the last, you know, yes. several levels. Again, know. game needs more enemies. Yeah. This brings us to our final level, uh, Despair's Keep. Uh, and it's not just the boss fight. Uh, the first part is a stock up. They want you to have lots of ammo because the ending is... Uh, a real long haul. Mm-hmm. You're going through yeah. these teleporters in this star-shaped water chamber to get ammo. You're fighting kind of token enemies, but mm-hmm. really you're doing it to get ammo. Yes. You're, you're getting more ammo than you spend. Right. Uh, and then you finally enter this gigantic arena uh, where Despairal is on top of his big serpent, his big mu- Muppet-looking serpent guy. It, it looks like It looks like a violator from Spawn. <laughs> uh for people who know violator and it's not very big like when i think of the serpent riders i was expecting them to be like dragon riders uh-huh you know or big dragon kind of thing it's like a little one of those little mounts from golden axe <laughs> it, it makes him as tall as a molotar when he's riding it yeah like it doesn't look at anything like a like a gigantic like it's literally a serpent but it, it doesn't look like a big dragon it's about like as it, impressive as a horse is <laughs> it, yeah it's like a two-legged horse that uh, that has violator for the top half <laughs> it's pretty dorky looking like i i like that they committed to it and uh-huh. it's a two-phase boss fight yeah. you have to bring down his serpent it's the nameless king you have uh-huh. to bring down the serpent and then fight uh disparal and they have different yeah. movesets and stuff it's really ambitious and neat for the time it's just hopelessly fucking dorky <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. uh, which is what i would want from dark fantasy doom like me, you're me not too. gonna get you're not gonna get anything not dorky out of that yeah, I'm not going to take this that seriously. Uh, you take down the serpent. Uh, it has these f- these fire belches, and it's it's easy. The The first phase is relatively yeah. easy. Uh, then phase two begins with Despairal, who is much harder. Um, he's got red robes. He teleports around, and he sends in his little wizard guys yeah. through the teleporters. So you have to constantly chase Despairal while dealing with his ads. Yeah. Um, and he has a lot of health. So much. Um, 
Yeah. You really have to, to hammer it on him. Like, mm-hmm. so it's about, uh, I found my strategy was, you know, prioritize the ads, like try to stay alone with Despero as much as I could. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then just try to get into a, find him in a space where I could circle strafe him and just empty a clip, you know? Yeah. And by clip, there are no clips in this. I meant the entirety of, you know, whatever <laughs> weapon I was using. You mean drop a mag into him? Yeah. Yes. Uh, and it took several of such. Yeah. No. So that's funny that you prioritize the ads. Uh, I found that this arena was big enough and I moved fast enough that I could just sprint away from any of these guys. And by the time he teleported away, you know, when I got mm-hmm. there, um, the other ones would only be halfway to getting to me. You can actually like stay ahead of the uh, stay ahead of the curve uh, on them and only kill the ones that are incident- incidentally in your way. Uh, I just, I was, I was on despair like a dog with a toy. Yeah. I, I just kept getting, you know, sucker punch from behind mm. from it when I was doing that. Yeah. So I think it probably was just how I was playing the rest of the game mm. was, you know, get rid of the ads, like clear everything out. Yeah. So it just sense. kind of made sense uh, mm-hmm. for me, regardless, which they, you know, you take down despair. Yeah. Um, he just takes a bunch of hits. He uh, doesn't have a lot of extra moves like it's different than a normal boss fight but mm-hmm. even the iron liches have more spells yeah he's yes. got like a lightning spell kind of thing but you do get a, a legendary death animation uh, <laughs> for him where he falls down gets uh kind of levitated up yeah. um similar to uh aga Agahim lifting up zelda yeah uh, in like a sphere of lightning which then uh melts all of his flesh and clothes off until he's just a skeleton that crumbles onto the ground it's pretty good. Um, like yeah. his uh, his scream is great too. Yeah, yeah. What a really good uh, gif. If somebody's <laughs> looking for like an icon for a forum, yeah. There you go. Mm, Despairal's demise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we get some story stuff. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, your character is thinking back on the events and realizing my work might not be done. You know that uh, that scream could have been a curse. Or summoning. Uh, and of course, there are other serpent riders as well. You know, yeah. Despairal is not the end of this. Yep. Got to get uh, got to get my revenge. Uh, you warp out, um, you know, just at, so we, we've loosened Despairal's grip on your plane, uh, but we teleport out right as the underwater domes are beginning to collapse. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we got to go fight the other serpent riders. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, there's two more episodes of this, but then you go and fight most of them in Hexen. I think Hexen is where the next Serpent Rider is the mm-hmm. boss, and then Hexen 2 is the third. Yes. Uh, and this was the weakest of them. So it really mm-hmm. was set up for, for the long haul. Yeah. Right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's Heretic. Yeah. Uh, my, my, uh, you know, my opinion holds up pretty well for what it is. Mm-hmm. Like a fun version of this. It's really hard to go back to boomer shooters of the era when like Dusk exists or That's medieval exists. Like you can, you can get this. Uh, it depends on how your authenticity sensitivities are set up. Right. Yeah. Like a medieval, which is aping this specifically heretic. Mm-hmm. Like it's not, you know, unlike Dusk it's, it's, it doesn't feel it. Like there's something to the effort that makes it feel a little bit less genuine. Like it's genuinely affectionate, but it wouldn't have something as dorky as the Molotars in mm-hmm. it. You know, like there, there is a unique flavor to actually going back to the source and there's a historic, for me, there's a historical interest in just seeing like, oh, like this is a cool thing they were doing back then. Like we didn't really talk about it, but one of the things that happens a lot in this are secret doors behind secret doors. Mm -hmm. 
like you get into a secret room, you get an underwhelming treasure, and then you're like, wait, that can't be it. And it's not it. You no. keep looking. You know, it, it's it's the same stuff that you get into to get in the Great Hollow in, in Dark Souls. It's real neat to see that stuff in 1994. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is a cool feeling to me. And when it's fun, it's really fun. Like it's it's a Doom clone. You're you're running around at light speed, circle strafe in the monstrous manual. It's real fun. No. It's just not like I, again, I think that more modern games that take the spirit of it tend to be better. Like Dusk is a better game. Yeah. Yes. I, I I found myself, you know, I, I, I kind of got it after a certain point, and this kind of became a little bit of a slog as it started repeating, you know, because I was not necessarily interested in speedrunning stuff. Like, the level at which this would be engaging is not a way that I really enjoy playing these games. And I found myself wanting, like, something that had these trappings and these the, these aesthetics, but with all mm-hmm. of the kind of advances in uh, encounter design and level design that have that, that have come in the intervening time. Uh, you know, so like I want something that captures the 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 feeling of of yeah. of playing this more than I would like actually having um more than I would like actually playing the thing itself. So I think that I fall on the yeah I want something yeah. on the other uh, on the other side of the uh, of the authenticity gap kind of deal. It was yeah. it was neat going back and seeing this. You know, again, you know, it's it's, I, it's fun going back in time, but it, it it did wear out its welcome. And I especially like you know when you're playing it and figuring out okay, what do I need to say about this? Uh, just really putting a lot of effort into finding something else to say besides oh, there's a there's there's an iron lich at the end of this. Yeah, there's four Ophidians. <laughs> right. You know, it, it kind of has a very limited design space. What's interesting playing this after, or like I played it contemporaneously with when we were doing the prep for the arcade episode, uh-huh. is that they they work as arcade games. Mm-hmm. Like as a sit down and blast them. Yeah. You know, it, it does some work in my opinion. It's just right now we can get that with a more complicated carb. Yes. You know, I also, I have nostalgia for this mm-hmm. too, which is, which is part of it. Like I played all of the, these when they came out basically, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, on my, my cousin's computer or my uncle's computer, which I've talked about before. Um, so I, I have a lot of affection, yeah, just memory affection. And I'm way, I'm way more of a dragon kid than a, than a demons on Mars kid. Mm-hmm. So this cool cloaked guy seemed cooler to me than doom guy. Like this, this fired my inner teen a bunch mm-hmm. as well. So, but it, so it's, it's kind of hard to recommend. Like, I think if you're in the pocket for this kind of thing, it's historically important. Yeah. If you just want to play a good video game and see the best version of what this type of game design can do, which is genuinely great, mm-hmm. uh, play Dusk. Yeah. Like which, or play a medieval. Yeah. Both of which are great, great, great games. It took me a second to, to, to not, uh, to understand that you were not reckon, re- recommending people play medieval, that, oh. that platformer. <laughs> Yeah, I, I was. I was you gotta play the, medieval. Gotta I, I, play medieval. The one they just remastered that wasn't very. Gotta good? play Decap Attack. <laughs> if you want to understand what's good about Doom, you have to play Decap Attack. Right. I will be answering uh, no questions. I was missing the amid in that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A medieval is the uh, medieval kind of melee, more melee focused version of Dusk. Basically, mm-hmm. same developer, and everything, yeah. but they're remaking all the uh, old boomer shooter archetypes. Yeah. It's great. Can't wait for Gloomwood to be in final form. Same. Yeah. Uh, thanks, Abe. Thank you. We appreciate you. Um, if you uh, have anything to say about Heretic uh, or any of our games that we're doing here for January, 
which are What Remains of Edith Finch, Heretic, and Hades, please send us a message at duckfeed.tv slash contact by January 15th. Yeah. If you have thoughts about multiple games, please separate them into multiple responses. That just makes it easier for us to put the uh, to put the final thing together. Um, mm-hmm. If you have thoughts about um, uh, February's games, which are? Uh, February's games, which are Luca, uh, Born of a Dream, mm-hmm. Citizen Sleeper, and Subnautica. Yeah. The, de- the deadline for that is February the 15th. Um, again, duckfeed.tv slash contact. Uh, we're looking forward to uh, hear what you think. Yeah. Um, the uh, As of now, as of recording this, Citizen Sleeper is on sale mm. uh, on pretty deep discount on the old Switch and Steam. Nice. So check that out. Uh, if you are a non-cis, non-straight, non-white dude, non-dude person, uh, and you have a project you'd like us to plug, please send me an email at gary at duckfeed.tv. Uh, this episode, I want to draw some attention to the uh, TG BDSM podcast, which is on YouTube uh, from Lindsay19. Uh, she is a trans lady who is talking about her journey and kind of her uh, sexuality and, and stuff and being into kink hmm. uh, and everything, which are things I don't know very much about. Yeah. But uh, that's what makes it valuable, right? Um, it's a fairly new channel. Um, so you, you can find that on YouTube at, at TG BDSM. And it's Lindsay 19 and uh, check her out. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, additionally, um, I recently guested on a podcast. Uh, oh. Our uh, uh, let's see here. Our friend, Doug, uh, friends mm-hmm. of the network supporter uh, does a show called nostalgia. Marcanum. Uh, I just was on an episode about mist talking nice. about the, the way that mist uh, factored into my childhood, that kind of stuff. Oh, it was nice. a good time. Yeah. Nostalgia. Marcanum. Cool. Very good. Um, yeah, and we will be back next week to talk about Hades. Uh, that is a premium episode mm-hmm. for everyone. So that means everybody gets the full episode. And then uh, patrons at uh, patreon.com slash duckfeedtv at $5 a month get the full thing. Yeah. Yeah, including that arcade special I alluded to earlier. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That yeah. was a, a, a whole we, extra We forgot episode. how to do admin. It's only been a week <laughs> and a half, and we totally fucking forgot how to do admin. That's so, okay. We'll get it yeah. back. It's fine. We'll get it back. <laughs> uh, hopefully this week. Uh, until next time, what can they do, Cole? Uh, until next time, don't open that door. There's going to be an iron lich behind it. <laughs>